Hello and welcome back to Real World Magic. My name is Neil Trigger and today I wanted to make a bit more of a lengthy offering and to make it into something more of a themed thing. And so I decided to start theming my offerings, my podcast in this case, by combining some of the smaller sort of five to six minute stuff into threes. Because three is the magic number. I'm not going to sing it. Uh, Three is the magic number, apparently. So anyway... When it comes to writing three things about a single theme, I wanted to start with something that was pretty easy to write three things about. On this occasion, I chose ghosts. You see, ghosts are that special something that, regardless of who you are and whether you believe in them, everyone has an opinion. I remember once dropping off my wife in town so that she could go to the theatre with a friend. I swung by my mother-in-law's house to drop something off on the way home and she offered me a cup of tea and we got chatting about ghosts. Eventually, there was a knock on the door, and it was actually my wife who had finished the show and caught the bus back and met me at her mum's house. So that's how much there is to say about ghosts, and obviously more as well. Now, I'm not going to cover everything here. I don't think I could, even if I wanted to, but let's get started. So we're going to start with something called When I Heard a Ghost. Okay, so I guess it's going to sound a little weird, and it sounds weird to me too, as I'm thinking about this episode and it's floating around my head. As I put the words onto text, or in preparation for a podcast, I'm feeling weird even thinking about it, because it's a very unnatural thing to think about. Um, So, even now it's bothering me. It was pretty disturbing at the time too, and I try not to think about this sort of thing these days. But here goes. So a long time ago, when I was maybe six years old, my uncle was buying a house in Devon in the UK. He was away with work. He was a policeman at the time. Um, And his wife and kids were also away for some reason. I can't really remember why. Maybe they went on holiday or something. Um, Perhaps they were off looking to buy another house or something. I can't really remember. Um, What I do remember, though, is that his old house was vacant and my mum was to stay there to look after it um, because I think we I think they were moving out of it at the time and there was quite a lot of stuff and it was an empty house and you know he just wanted to secure it so I decided to stay with her again not really sure why but there it is as I said I was about six this is 32 years ago or so anyway my uncle went out on a night shift and my mum and I settled down for the night in the same double bed I was asleep and I was woken up because I was quite a very light sleeper, actually, um, still am, <laughs> by um, by my mum asking why I was calling her. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you said, mummy, come here. But I hadn't. Then something very odd happened, even weirder than that. My mum's voice moved. It started coming from the other side of the bedroom door. Now, bear in mind that my mum was actually laid next to me in the double bed, when her voice started coming from the other side of the door. It said, Neil, come here. Now, I was more confused than anything, but I do remember not being particularly scared. I don't think that's because I was a particularly brave kid. I think it was probably more likely because I was behind a door with my super mum next to me. Because, you know, kids don't really feel fear when their parents are around, generally. Um... And I was also protected by a bedsheet as well, which everyone knows has anti-bogeyman properties. All you've got to do is pull it up to your chin and then you're totally safe. Or at least that's the illusion. Now, just as my mum was beginning to freak out and trying to remain calm, 
for me, I, I'm guessing, the voice changed to Janet, Janet. Um, now my mum's called Janet, so it was like Janet, Janet. It sounded just like my uncle, who never called my mum by anything else, and my mum called after the voice. Is that you, Gerald? Because obviously that was his name too. Yes, come here, said the voice. My mum didn't know what to do. Eventually, we decided not to go after it or open the door, but that was pretty much it. Now, the house itself was pretty freaky. We had more experiences reported in the house. There was bad smells that um, always happened at eight o'clock in the evening, that sort of thing. It was really strange. But that story's sort of number one. So I just wondered what you made of it. I know that I've mentioned false memory syndrome here before, but I've spoken to my mum about this um, in the past and many times actually and she remembers it pretty well too so unless it was like a group hallucination or a group misremembering then it's probably something else at work and I don't know what okay story number two when I saw a ghost now this is a little harder to explain perhaps and I dare say harder to understand I was running a ghost tour in around 2006 I think it was Now this was a big old house converted into a hotel and dates all the way back to before the creation of the Doomsday Book. So old in fact that Queen Elizabeth was the first, uh, sorry, Queen Elizabeth the first was said to have visited. There's actually a plaque in the entrance hall that attests to this, though it's actually not true. According to the research that we did before running the tours, um, she was due to stay there but ended up staying just down the road instead now you may have heard of someone called sir francis drake and all the spanish armada stuff well he didn't really live too far from that place and she ended up staying with him instead okay so moving on information about this now we were smack in the middle of the day it was a pretty normal day with nothing much to commend it weatherwise it wasn't overly bright Um, It wasn't particularly sunny, nor was it remarkably wet or stormy. Just a typical grey, uneventful Devon day. I was in the Great Hall, ushering the last few stragglers into a room off the Great Hall. Um, And that was the reason for that is that there was a lecture being given by one of our mediums in a room just off the Great Hall. I noticed that there was someone sat in a high-backed, winged armchair in the Great Hall, and his booted foot was on his knee. But there was a profusion of smoke coming from a smoking man wearing a large hat. Now, this wasn't particularly unusual, um, but it was unusual for where we were. Because even then, before the smoking ban came in on July the 1st, 2007, it was pretty unusual to see anyone smoking in the Great Hall, even if it wasn't expressly forbidden. I mean, we did see some people sometimes, maybe with a cigarette or two, um, but it it wasn't very common, and especially for pipe or um, cigar smoke, because it was that thicker, sort of smellier kind of um, kind of smoke, anyway. But that was very very odd at that point. And it, what was more odd was how I saw him. Now I don't mean that I saw him with my eyes. I kind of sort of did, but I. I sort of saw him using another sense. Now, unless you've had that same experience as me, I can't even begin to explain what it was or how it worked. I just knew that he was there. I don't think I imagined him. I didn't really think that it was very odd at the time, but as I walked around the chair to address the man and tell him that the lecture was going to be starting very shortly and that he was welcome to join the rest of the group, 
As I went around the chair, the man vanished. And I mean that literally. It it was just that he was there at one point and then he wasn't. So it was just that there was someone there one minute and the next he was gone. He didn't fade away. He didn't pop out of existence. He just wasn't there anymore. It was almost like my sight had been turned off. And I totally, totally freaked out. I went to sit down, not in the chair that he'd just vacated, but I went to sit down in the room listening to the lecture and I had a total panic attack about my own mortality. I suddenly saw myself in a coffin and I was properly spinning out. It was it was crazy. It was almost like someone had given me some really weird drugs and I saw the world in a completely different way. And I stopped doing that kind of event very shortly afterwards. Um, simply because it just made me feel so totally uncomfortable. So what was it? Was it a psychic attack? I don't know. How did I see someone who wasn't there? Was I hallucinating or was there something more to it? Well, I'll get to that. So the next article that I'd like to talk about is explaining ghosts. And I guess this is kind of the third part, really. So I appreciate that what I'm going to say next probably won't satisfy some of you or maybe even most of you or even all of you I'm not sure Um, and that's fine you can believe whatever you want to believe and I'm not going to tell you what to believe but I do know what I think and I've looked into psychology pretty extensively and the following explanation makes more sense to me so here it goes Dr Richard Wiseman I think I've mentioned him before and I got the university that he was at completely wrong it isn't Cambridge at all Professor Uh, Wiseman is actually the Professor of Public Understanding um, of Psychology, so the Professor of of the Public Understanding of Psychology at the University of Hertfordshire. Now he looked into this kind of thing quite a lot. He did an experiment with a crash helmet which was wired up to electromagnets and he found that when certain areas of the brain were stimulated the subject had eerie feelings or eerie feelings of the paranormal. Even being touched by a ghost so sort of tugging at their leg the presence of spooky things cold shudders fingers down your spine all that sort of stuff could be replicated using electromagnetic fields now obviously these physical sensations wouldn't need to really be there in order for the sensation of that physicality to be there and that's what i think was or could have been going on so the question really is whether or not there was an unusual activity or unusual electrical activity going on in Borringdon Hall, which is the name of the spooky hotel in which we saw some really odd stuff. And it turns out that, yes, the old house was leaking electricity due to the very strange and old wiring. In fact, at one point when we were investigating this, we looked into um, the electromagnetic field of a particular uh, light switch, and we found that it seemed like it was following one person in particular. Now this person was actually a cameraman um, from the local um, from the local TV channel, and he was just sort of like freaking out a bit, um, as it was almost like the ghost activity was following him. Now that, clearly that's not true, but as he was depressing the carpet, we found that there were wires under the carpet and the small amount of electricity was actually leaking through his body um, and giving him the tingles and things like that. It was very, very low voltage, but um, he could sense it and it made him feel very freaky and very weird. Now, other things happened with electrostatic. Um, So in the ballroom, there was a a balloon that was following me around, which was a bit strange. 
Um, all this sort of stuff could be explained through electricity. So it's really odd, um, and there were lots and lots of very, very strange things going on. Um, but when you're talking about magic, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. It's been widely said. Um, and on this occasion, I think that that sufficiently advanced technology was almost by accident. So this electricity was leaking in very odd ways, very strange ways that you wouldn't normally expect. And I think that that's probably what caused all of this weirdness to happen. So the whole place was picking up electromagnetism as well from the Earth. Now that's really strange as well, I think. Um, possibly leaking from a substation nearby because it is quite a remote place that hotel but obviously they do have mains electricity but it was wired relatively um, relatively recently certainly you know a lot later than uh, 1500 um, so this explains quite a whole host of haunting activity especially centering around room 15 which is the supposedly the most um, active of the bedrooms. This was on quite a sort of distant arm of uh, the electrical circuitry, so there's probably more likely to be faults in that room than there is anywhere else. Um, and also in the Great Hall and Minstrels Gallery, they're, they're obviously the bigger of the rooms and um, quite likely to have at least something going on in there. So what about my uncle's house? Well, I don't know for sure but it was a pretty old house, and I can recall the light switches having some problems too. This is kind of one of those things about the whole zeitgeist of, of ghosts in general, that, you know, lights flicker and stuff like that, and that's an indication of ghostly activity. Well, no, it could actually be the cause of the ghostly activity, because if lights are flickering, then there's a very good likelihood that there's electromagnetic leakage, and it, if that affects the brain in a particular way then it could be that the light switches themselves are causing the ghosts rather than the other way around. hope that makes sense. So perhaps that does explain ghosts in general, but let me know what you think. Do you believe in ghosts? Um, visit me at anchor.fm forward slash neiltr and also go to my blog neiltrigger.com forward slash my underscore blog. Thanks very much for listening. Subscribe on all the usual channels and share this with your friends. I'd really appreciate um, a thumb up in iTunes and stuff really helps me out and also if you do want to share this with your mates um, let me know what you're thinking about my theories and whether or not I'm completely off the ball um, I'd really appreciate some feedback thanks a lot